Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. The safest place for us, the safest place for your children to be is right in the middle of the storm or right in the middle of the will of God. We sometimes think that we know what the safe place is, that the safe place for us is in America. The safe place for us uh, is here. But the truth is that the safest place to be is in the will of God. So it's easy to turn your children loose and let them, or it's easy to turn your wallets loose and send money across the ocean. It's a completely other thing to turn your children loose and send them but the safest place for them to be is in the will of God. If you'll stand with me, I will go to the Word today in Acts chapter 12. I want to say just a couple of things real quick. Buana Yesu Asafiwe. Buana Yesu Asafiwe. You know I said something about Jesus, but I said praise the Lord Jesus in Swahili. Buana Yesu Asafiwe. Mungu ni muema. God is good. Can somebody say God is good? Mungu ni muema. Anybody want to try that one? Mungu ni muema. God is good. Mungu ni muema. How about this one? Hakuna matata. Does anybody know what it means? Can I tell you, this is the first time in about 27 services that somebody has sung for us, and I certainly do appreciate that. Normally, it's me trying to trying to do that, and uh, yeah, so thank you for that. It means no worries for the rest of my days. It's my problem-free philosophy, Akuna Matata. God has a place for every one of us in the body of Christ. Don't ever think that God cannot use you because you are not like someone else. He has a purpose for you. I want to preach today for just a few minutes. Your miracle is knocking. Do you think that flows pretty well with the service today? Your miracle is knocking. We missed the scripture. It is not in my notes. It is Acts chapter 12, And let's just use verse 13. How about that? And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. We'll take that. We'll run with it today. Uh, we'll pray, and, uh, and then you can be seated. Lord, we ask you to bless us today. God, we're so thankful for what you've done in this place already today. We're thankful for this spirit that's moving and operating in this place, that's touching hearts, that's touching minds, that's touching lives today. Open our minds that we can hear. Open our ears. Open our hearts to receive your word today. Let your anointing flow in this place today. Break and bind every evil influence. 
loose the anointing and the power of your spirit here today. Touch every heart, open every mind to receive truth and help and hope and peace and healing and forgiveness today by the power and the authority of the word of God in the name of Jesus. We give you honor and praise today. You can be seated. My preaching is a little bit different. I'm very scripted. I write everything out. So pardon me if I keep my head down a lot. Things will move a lot faster that way. Um, I promise you that I, as I'm typing and as I'm working this out, as the Lord is moving, the Spirit is flowing, and I cannot just yet... I cannot just close this and keep a train of thought and get to the end. So you will appreciate me keeping my head down today, but God is still going to do a work. In Acts chapter 12, King Herod is trying to stop the New Testament church and this message of Jesus. In verse 2, he had killed the disciple James with the sword, and when he saw that it pleased the Jews, When the king saw that it pleased the religious people that the man of God had been killed, isn't that a strange idea that the religious people were happy when the Christians were killed? It's a strange thing. But when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he took the apostle Peter also and sent him to prison intending to kill him as well. One of my favorite stories comes from Ghana in 2018. Every time that we would finish a lesson or a teaching, sometimes the public schools would open their doors and invite us to come and teach about Jesus. We were thankful for that. So whether we were in the public schools or teaching our national leaders or our pastors, the question would always come, must baptism be done in running water? And we thought that was an interesting question, but after some, after some discussion, we realized that culture teaches that baptism must be done in running water. And so how do you confront culture? How do, you, how do you take what has been taught for thousands of years and people just know that this just is the way that it is? How do you confront that? Well, questions is a really good way to do that. Why? Why must baptism be done in running water? Teach me. Teach me why it must be done in running water. Well, because when you baptize someone in the water, it washes their sins away, and they come out clean and whole and brand new, and that's all true but the sins remain in the water. And so when the next person goes down into the water, they take on the sins of the previous person. And so that's why baptism must be done in running water. Okay, that sounds like a great idea. I understand. Thank you for, for explaining a minute. If the sins remain in the water, what happens when you baptize someone in the river? Oh, the sins go down the river into the But what about the lady who's drawing water to wash with or to cook with? Does she then take those sins 
and cook with them or clean with them and pass them on to her family. Oh, no, 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 Brother Yates, it's only symbolic. Ah, I understand. It's only symbolic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wait a minute. It's only symbolic that the sins are in the river floating. Yes, yes. So, so she cannot take them. Oh, no, no, no. It's only symbolic. Question, if it's only symbolic that the sins are in the river, is it possible that it's only symbolic that the sins are in the tank as well? It's not really for me to say one way or the other because it doesn't really matter what the man says. What really matters is what does the Bible say. So they, disc- they, they came to their own conclusion that, you know what, maybe it is only symbolic in both places, okay? But let's look in the Bible and see what does the Bible say. And so after they studied, they came back and they said, you know, uh, we see that there's much water. We see that we go down into the water. Uh, and we see that we're baptized in the name of Jesus. But we don't see that there's any place that running water is required. Why is that so important? Why is it so important that we shine the light of truth into the lie of culture? Why is it so important? Well, for one, we're in Africa. There's places that don't have a lot of water. And if we have to wait until the rains come before we can baptize people, then that that presents quite a problem if the Bible is true. If the Bible is true, then, then baptism is essential. If that's the washing away of the sins, and if no sin will enter into the kingdom of God, and if that's the washing away of sins, then it's essential. And the Ethiopian eunuch said, here is water. What would stop me now from being baptized? If we have water, let's use water. Let's not wait until we, until the rains come. Let's not wait until we get to the river. Let's not wait until we travel to the ocean. But we have water here. What would stop us now? And so that's just a that's just one little area of how sometimes the enemy can creep in and take the word of God as a good thing, but change it to where it can stop the work of God, right? By using the word. And so that that's why we must be wise. That's why we must be uh, careful. And what we read, what we teach, and what we believe, we must be careful that it aligns completely with the Word of God, with the Bible. I will try again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should have just let it slide. It's always better to help someone come to their own conclusion than it is to tell them their, what the conclusion should be. We believe the Bible. We believe the entire Bible. The Bible says, unless a man is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And so we must believe and we must teach that. Are we right just because we're from North America? Are we, are we right for any other? The only reason that we're right is because the Bible says 
And so, so it's important that we look at what the Bible says. And just like in Africa, here in North America, sometimes we have some cultural things that people have trouble with. We can't get caught up in tradition or doctrine or custom or culture or ideas or changes in the world. We're seeing a lot of changes that are just not biblical. We can't get caught up in all of that. I believe now more than ever we must know who we are in Christ and we must know why we do what we do. Proverbs says, where there is no vision, the people perish. That being interpreted, where there is no understanding of who we are and why we do what we do, the people go backwards. It's important for us to know why we do what we do, why we live the way we live, why we go the places we go, why we don't go these places, why we don't do this, and why we don't do that, why we do what we do. It's important that we know that. It's not because there's somebody banging on a pulpit, screaming in a microphone, telling us this is what you have to do, but it's because this is what the Bible says. This is, I have a relationship with Jesus, and I feel like there are things that he wants me to do, and I choose to obey him. I choose to love him. I choose to please him and satisfy him in everything that I do. It's the same way with my wife. There are things that I do for her simply because she likes it. I don't particularly enjoy going and buying flowers. That's not something that is just, I look forward, but I do that because she enjoys it, right? And because I love her, I want to make her happy. There's the same way that we have the relationship with Jesus. How does all of this work together? We're talking about this name of Jesus that the apostles were imprisoned over, that they were killed over. What is it about this name of Jesus? that was so terrible that they were killed over. Weep. In verse 5, Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. With every trip that we make, the Lord continues to strip away our security and our faith and confidence in everything other than him. We face new things every year. We learn to trust him more. The enemy's doing everything he can to prevent the word of the Lord from being carried into every nation, every tongue, every tribe. But we are determined to go into all the world and fulfill his purpose to seek and to save the lost. We need you. Your missionaries need you as the church, being dedicated, focused, and faithful to intercessory prayer daily and continually launching missiles in the Spirit, going before us, breaking down the spiritual strongholds and the wickedness in high places. We can go and we can fight every battle if we have to, but it slows us down, and we cannot get to the work that God has us to do if we have to fight. We need you launching those missiles in the Spirit, breaking those things down. 
We need the church praying, like in verse 5. In verse 6, Herod was preparing to bring Peter to the people for judgment and death, and the Bible says Peter was sleeping. He was bound with chains between the soldiers, preparing for death, but the Bible says he was sleeping. Your miracle is knocking today. There's something to be said about faith and peace. We need to grow to a place where we can trust God in all things, even when it hurts, even when it appears impossible. If faith is the evidence of things not seen, this place of faith brings a peace that cannot be understood. You cannot get to this place of faith without some trials and some battles and some scars and some bruises. Today, your miracle is knocking. God heard the prayers of the church, and he performed this miracle. He broke the chains, and he opened the doors of the prison, and he delivered Peter from his captives. I believe God's still in the miracle-working business today. I believe he's still in the chain-breaking business today. I believe he's still delivering children from captivity. Your miracle is knocking. I believe God is still setting people free from drugs and addictions, depression and sin. Your miracle is knocking today. There's something going on in this church today. The Spirit of God is moving in this church today. He's ministering to the hearts and the lives of his people today. If you would, turn to your neighbor and say, my miracle is knocking today. Do you remember in verse 5, the church was praying for Peter and his release? In verse 12, Peter showed up at the house of the prayer. When he knocked on the door, Rhoda heard him. She ran away, leaving her miracle standing on the doorstep, still knocking. Open the door, Rhoda. Your miracle is knocking. Verse 15, the church was still praying for a miracle. And they had so much faith and expectation that their miracle was coming that they did not believe Rhoda when, they, when she said Peter was here. But the miracle continued knocking in verse 16. The Bible says he continued knocking until the church opened the door to receive what they had been praying for. Sometimes, church, sometimes we get so caught up in the hurt of betrayal and bitterness and unforgiveness, that we cannot recognize that the miracle that we've been praying for has arrived. Your miracle is knocking today. The Bible says, lay aside every sin and every weight. It's not just sin, but it's the weight that we carry around. We must choose to forgive every day. Have you ever noticed that forgiveness is not just one time. Wives, have you ever noticed that you can't just forgive your husband once for a thing? Husbands, have you ever noticed that your wives can't? Have, have you ever noticed that you can't just forgive? <laughs> it's a choice daily. It's a choice continually to forgive. Every day, over and over, we can't waste that hurt and that pain. We can't waste those tears. We can't waste the sacrifice that was made to get to this point. We can't waste that storm. We can't waste that trial. We can't waste that sacrifice. What the devil meant for evil, God is going to turn it around. If we look in 2 Corinthians, I think, chapter 17, 
uh, we see where the, where the the huge army was coming to defeat the small army of God, and and God told them, "You don't have to fight this battle. This battle is not yours to fight. All you need to do is stand still." And so they went to this battle with no weapons, and they're standing watching this massive army come. And what is the weapon that they used to defeat this army? It was their mouth, and it was worship. When they began to worship God in the midst of this battle, knowing that this army was coming to defeat them, they lift their hands in praise. They lift their voices in worship. They begin to magnify God. Sometimes we don't lift our voice in worship and praise, but we lift our voice to talk about the bad things and the trouble and the hurt and the pain and, and all the agony and the defeat. And this one did that and that one did this and it hurt. And, and if they would just, and if, if he would just, if we would use this voice, if we would use this tongue, if we would train this tongue to be a vessel for God, if we would train this tongue, if we would train our habits to speak life, instead of death, if we would train this tongue to worship instead of, it's a terrible word, gossip, if we, if we would train this tongue to speak about the goodness of God instead of the hurt and the pain and the tragedy and the despair, and that's not to say that the hurt and the pain and the tragedy despair is not real and that it doesn't hurt because it does, because it is real, because there are real people facing real situations and real troubles and real life and it's real. But the way we defeat that is not by talking about that, but the way we defeat that is by worshiping. Let us lay aside every sin and the weight that does so easily beset us. It's a little bit awkward, but it's going to be okay. I'm preparing to close, and if the, if the music will go ahead and come, we're going to start moving in uh, in that direction, okay? But God still has some things to say. Maybe it's you that's in a place of hopelessness. Maybe it's you that there seems to be no way to recover. There seems to be no way to come through it or to overcome it. There seems to be no way to love again or to trust again. The hurt is too bad, but your miracle is knocking. It's these impossibilities where God works his best. Maybe it's marriage. Maybe it's a child that's walked away. Maybe it's a death. Maybe it's fear. Maybe addiction. Maybe the enemy's been feeding you full of lies like you cannot and you never will, and it will never happen and that miracle will never come. But let's expose the lies today. The enemy is a liar. It's always smoke and mirrors. He does not tell the truth. He creates this facade. He, he creates these imaginations and these thoughts that say it will never happen, and it can't. He super exaggerates things to where feelings get hurt and emotions are hurt but it's lies and it's smoke and it's mirrors. Can I say to you quickly that 
If the enemy is speaking to you, you can rest assured knowing that it's not true because the enemy doesn't talk about what he's going to do to you if he can do it. If you look at Job, the enemy never came to Job and said, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. He just did it. If the enemy has the power, the authority, and the ability to do something, he just does it. So if he's talking to you, if your imagination is running away with you about all these terrible things that are going to happen, you can, you can trust knowing that it's not going to happen because he's speaking. It's all lies. It's all smoke, and it's all mirrors. It's just a facade. And if we can expose those lies, if we can shine the light of truth into darkness, you can, you will. God made a promise, and he's faithful to that promise. Trust God. Your miracle is knocking today. Your miracle is knocking today. If faith, if Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And the Bible says it is, okay? But if faith is the evidence of things not seen, why are we believing the things that we see? We see a child that's walked away. We see the marriage that's failing. We see the finances. We see the sickness and the disease. We see the impossibility. We see that that seed that was promised is dying. But that seed must die before it can produce fruit. It appears like it's a bad thing. It appears like it's a bad thing. But what the devil meant for evil, God's going to turn it around and God's going to make it good. He that began a good work is faithful to complete it. And he began a good work. That seed is not dying. That promise that God gave you is not dying. Mom, that promise that God gave you is not going to die. But it's going through a process. This hurt and this pain, it's a process. And God's going to turn it around. And God's going to make it good. Stop relying on the things that we see. Stop looking at the natural. But start looking for your miracle. Start looking for the evidence of things that you cannot see. Your miracle is not, will you stand? Your miracle is knocking today. If he gave you a promise, he's faithful to fulfill that promise. You may never see it happen, but he's faithful. Where is your hope today? Where is your faith today? Where is your confidence today? It's in God and God alone. Your miracle is knocking. There has to be sickness before there's healing. There has to be tragedy before there's help, addiction before deliverance, trouble before a miracle. I'm here today to tell you that your miracle is knocking. If you're bound to sin, if there seems to be no way 
to break free from that thing. I'm telling you today, your miracle is knocking. God is here. He's going to break chains today. He's going to deliver. He's going to set free. He's going to heal broken hearts today. He's going to mend the hurt and the pain, the emotions and the feelings. If that's you today, will you come? If it's you today that's been listening to the lies of the enemy, trying to stand in faith, trying to stand in faith believing, but just it's overwhelming as this roaring lion seeks whom he may devour. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. Is that you today? Are you hurt? Are you bound in pain and betrayal? Are you quietly silently suffering from depression but you've got a smile painted on your face that says everything's okay it's not okay but your miracle is knocking here today is it you bound in sin suffering from the hurt of betrayal Suffering from a child that's walked away. The promise is not dead. God is faithful. I trust God today. Would you just lift your hands? Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.